Oh, okay. And you're on. Oh, okay. Hello, welcome to the pre-show. <laughs> My name is uh, Nicholas Jones. Uh, we were just talking about Mana Yunk in a previous episode. Mana Yunk. Um, that you guys had that pale ale, mm-hmm. and I had that probably about two weeks or maybe a month ago prior to when you guys had it on the show. Okay. And to me, when I had it, the hops overpowered the pale like pilsner aspect of the ale because it was it was advertised as a pilsner, wasn't it? I believe so. <laughs> The manioc that I remember, you have a better recollection of the, the show the, than I do. The manioc that I remember was the Mexican lager. No, not that one. That the one it would have been on the same episode as that. The one where that was. It, I, I'm, it was supposed to be a pilsner, but it was like a hoppy pilsner. Was it the Imperial Pils? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we yeah we were like you guys were like, oh, it still captured the idea of a true pilsner. The hops didn't okay. overpower it. Is what you we were saying on the show? Okay, right? so it wasn't an Imperial Pils then. No, it was just a regular pilsner. But to me, when I had that beer, I thought it tasted more like an IPA than it did a pilsner because the hops were overpowering it completely. So I like I got a completely different experience than when you guys did, and I think maybe. Maybe it was bottled different, like different, like different well, times could have been a thing. Well, plays a role. I mean, you know, what we drank before it plays a role in how our true. tongues are, are you know, That's prepared true. for it. The temperature that we generally drink it at. Yeah, because I was I was driving and I'm on the highway and I'm like texting you, calling you a grandpa for yelling at Jeff about being on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the moment after that came the man of yunk, and I responded back to you. Oh, I didn't quite get that when mm. I had the man of yunk. Gotcha. This beer is really good. Really good is a little overstating. Oh, it. I'm enjoying it. It's it's well, it's really good for sick and twisted brewery. It's very oxidized. It's got a lot, so it, it's a porter, but it tastes kind of like an old ale. It has a lot of like fruity tones to it. It's very oxidized. I, I think the oxidation is working well in its favor. I think it's working in its favor, but it's not. It's not like that. Uh, yeah, free state that we had last week right. with the. You know, like oh, he's he's stuff. holding on to the idol. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised. I was expecting another spoiled, you know, from sick and twisted. Absolutely. It, it also kind of it's kind of reminded me of kind of like what, what I would get out of like a bourbon ale a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like that yeah. the, the bourbon barrel kind of ale, where it's the, the dryness, yes. the alcohol yeah. content of it. It's a little roasty, but not like like chocolatey roasty mm-hmm. kind of from it. I like it. It's it. I'm, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of vanilla from it, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's the that, that roasty and not but not quite. Um, Chocolatey, that that's astringency. So it's a little yeah. bit, a little bit like uh, a little bit charcoaly, right? Mm-hmm. A, little, a little bit that that that's you know generally what we refer to as astringency. Yeah, this is really good. Who is this by? This is from a shitty brewery called Sick and Twisted Brewery in South Dakota. Well, that's very mean. But no, I've no, never had no. Anything from this them, is so. the only thing we've had from them that hasn't been like drain pour awful. Okay. Well, I've been doing that with like I'm like that with Rogue though. Everything I have from Rogue, I always. Rogue's a it. rock star compared to this uh, <laughs> uh, I, I had a question for you, Jeff. Yes. Would you consider pulling out your beer making equipment to try to make a New England IPA? If you got a recipe on how to do it, sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure you can find one, right? How hard can it be? Google. I haven't looked. I actually use Bing. <laughs> if you're going to Bing something, <laughs> use Google. Hipsters these days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could. I would like to dust off the uh, brewing equipment. I'd be happy to join you to to brew a. I mean, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get one in time for my birthday, unfortunately. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's built into the process. I mean, for in any IPA, it's it's all about process. Yeah, yeah. So, got to make sure that the process is applicable to the equipment I have, yeah. the fermenters or whatever. So, I'd be willing. To, you know, I want to try also doing it like super clean. Like I know we used to when we used to brew, you'd like put it in the solution for like a second or two and. and and that would, you know, be supposedly sterilization. But I'm gonna like no, do it. It's getting it wet on a microscopic scale and then letting it soak for a few minutes. Yeah, so but you've never it. did this soak for a few minutes. It was always no, no. You don't have to soak. You don't have to submerge it in a bucket of water. You spray it, and everything's wet, and it's still sanitizing while the wetness is on the glass. But you would spray it, and then you would put it right into you would you would start doing stuff with it right away instead of waiting the four or five minutes that you're supposed to wait. I'm not getting in the middle uh, of this. I'm not sure what part you're talking about, but okay. I'm not going to argue about it. I don't care. So the, the idea would be we we do a super like sterilization run on, on all our equipment beforehand. Well, we're going to have to brew five or six times in advance to get good at so we don't screw it up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We can try to wing it. <laughs> See if we can make it work. No, no. We're going to screw ten things up if we just try to do it. And you want to be like super duper about it. Super duper! Let's see. N-E-I-P-A recipe. Homebrew. Got another beer for you to try here. Oh, exciting! I was expecting that one to be a drain pour. Like I said, I <laughs> haven't had it on the show because every, we had like three other beers from them, and they were all across the board awful. Yeah, I'm heading out to uh, LA in a couple weeks, and uh, I'm gonna hit up some of the, a lot of the drinks out there and get a lot of good beers from the West Coast. Awesome. We went to uh, had beers for lunch yesterday. And went to Proper Pizza. I ordered four, or I ordered three different beers, but I had tasted four. And every fucking beer tasted the same. They were all like Goza, Berliner Weiss, sour. I don't know if my tongue was completely busted or what. But like, I was ordering like different, like one was Twist from Prairie Artisan Nails, and it's a dry hop saison. It tasted like a sour Goza to me. Yeah. And then I had. I just couldn't get away from that flavor yesterday, and I was not feeling it. You know, I was like, I don't want that flavor. That kind of reminds me of, like, Dancing Gnome Brewery here in Pittsburgh. I like them, but every one of their beers pretty much tastes exactly the same as the other one. Okay. like That's a standard thing with new breweries. They're just like, it's a cloudy IPA, Mm -hmm. and then another cloudy IPA, then another cloudy IPA, and then they have a porter that's actually good, and it tastes different. Then That's probably why I liked it so much, because it was so much Different. different. But, I mean, they make good cloudy ipas like even their cloudy saison tasted like a cloudy ipa right. i mean it they're good i like them but i think they have some things but i've been having some bad experiences with dry log oh. past two times i went there i'm i'm disappointed i never <laughs> want to go there like again we have a dry log doing tonight, tonight. So. good I've had that one, but <laughs> I just had this one? I think so. That was on their on tap recently. Oh, okay, on, this on was their, one of their you know limited release bottle releases. But yeah, they probably have maybe it on not. Tap too. I, maybe they had another palm or something. But I remember seeing P O M M E. I mean, if I pull out my phone, I'm sure I can find it. I'll wait to warm break. Not I know. I'll wait to warm break. Yeah, but, maybe maybe atomic palm is maybe that's different. I yeah, no idea. Or it was pre-show, on tap. pre-show, post-show. Use the computer as much as you want. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was um like. I went there a couple like a couple months ago and I got really dirty dirty glasses like extremely dirty glasses in a row. This is your inspiration. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I spoiled Nick. And oh, I was really like, I and I know the guy. He checks his Untapped, like mm-hmm. the the guy who runs the Untapped for mm-hmm. Drylog religiously, because mm-hmm. okay. he usually thumbs up my stuff. All right. So I posted a dirty glass and said, like, "Come on, Drylog, what is this?" Like something along the lines. Didn't say anything, but mm-hmm. I saw him in there. I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. So I went back in. I got it. I got another glass, but I didn't say anything to the manager. I was like, "I'll let that one slide." Second glass was clean, like it was. It was nice, clean glass. So I put it right back up on Untapped, saying, "Good job, liked it. Nice, clean glass. That one must have been a fluke." <laughs> Next beer I got, and my friend got just uh-huh. filthy. Like, and I'm just so I said something. I was like, "Look, you're paying like eight, like seven to eight dollars a glass at this place, and you're giving me like dirty glasses. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a dive bar, yeah, whatever. I expect it, but when I'm spending money. I expect it to be like top quality." And they didn't really bother too much about it. So I, I was a little mad, but I was like, whatever. I came back about a month later. Similar thing. The glassware was dirty. And then to top it all off, they charged me double for my my drinks. And I noticed it the next day, but I was heading to Philly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's great. And I went to call them, but they were closed. So then by the time I was able to call them, it's been like four or five days because I was busy the other two days. I'm like, well... They ate my money. They got an extra $12 out of me because they double charged me and, and still added the tip. I was livid because I don't, because <laughs> the check I had was my original price. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. So I don't know how that happened. Like maybe their system screwed up. Do you still up. have, do you still have like the receipts and stuff? Cause mm-hmm. I still have the receipts, but cool. it's been like, no, no, just two go in and be now. cool. They'll comp you a couple beers. Yeah. But I was so disappointed with the past two times. I'm like, I don't want to ever go there. They no. think the only time I'll get, drink there is yeah. if I order it through a bottle at a store. I, I was recently at Grist House a couple of times, and they keep their glasses nice and clean. Every time you give put a glass in, they wash the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that you know they, they do care. Yeah, I mean, it's like that uh, dry log tries to hold themselves up to a higher standard, and like they, they kind of have a snobbiness yeah. to them. No, certainly. I, I'm... You're not wrong. I mean, you're paying those prices for not a pint, but 12 or 10 ounces of beer. Yeah. And, yeah, if it comes out and it looks like, you know, a soda pop with the bubbles on the glass. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you're going out and you're, like, charging, like, you're not getting things right. And it was just, it was Uh, back to back. I mean, I I, I didn't want to blame anyone. That sucks. But, I mean, I would just, if you still have your... If you still have the receipt that says twelve bucks, and you yeah. have the transaction that says twenty four or whatever, just go in and say, explain it, and they'll probably give you a few beers. Yeah, I know. I, I know you a... don't want but three free beers. I mean, three free beers. I looked up a Northeast IPA recipe. Not not this is like the one I want to make, but just just an idea of of one homebrew. Mm-hmm. So the grain is interesting. So. Um, 80% of it is 10 pounds of two rubber brewers malt. Uh, but eight, so there's also one pound of flake corn. Uh, three, uh, yeah, three quarters of a pound of Weyermann Carafoam, a quarter pound of acidulated, and a quarter pound of all purpose flour. <laughs> okay. Which is interesting. So that's make it how cloudy. they do it, huh? Uh, the hopping isn't what I would, you know, Magnum, Simcoe, Galaxy. Uh, being the Galaxy, and Magnum I could see for, for bittering, but I wouldn't want Simcoe in it. 
or if I w- it would, it would be a minor part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they use a, a London ale yeast. I think that's part of the issue is, is the, the yeasts are different. <coughs> In these Northeast IPA, they use a, a fruitier yeast. Yeah, I'm looking on uh, more beer, see if they have any uh, recipes for it. I almost certainly do. It was the Pomona I had from them. Oh, okay. So I saw the P-O-M and thought the same thing. Well, both Apple-based, I'm sure. Yeah, well, they also had one. I just, just passed it again. Like I've had a lot of dry log stuff because I lived right down the street from them for mm-hmm. like three years, and I, I love the place. Um, Here's one. Here's one that, that's uh, a Beer Advocate crowdsourced recipe. This looks good. Uh, two row pale, ten and ten and uh, ten and three quarter pounds pale two row, one point four pounds American wheat, one point four pounds flaked oats, and about a half a pound of uh, Canadian honey malt, and then the hops, uh, a bunch of different things like in in the boil Citroen Galaxy at the Whirlpool Citra Galaxy Mosaic, dry hop for seven days Citra Galaxy Mosaic. Uh, and then another dry hop for three days of Citra Galaxy. Yeah, so more beers. He's Craze IPA. Eight pounds ultralight malt extract. I just clicked on one of the mm-hmm. links, so it's an extract. Uh, or, yeah, this is an extract batch. So steeping grains. Uh, a pound of flaked oats, a pound of flaked wheat, eight ounces of Kara pills, eight ounces of wheat malt, four ounces of honey malt. Uh, bittering hops is a half ounce of Warrior. Flavor and flavor hops is one ounce of citra. Aroma is two ounces of mosaic, one ounce of citra. And then dry hopping is citra and mosaic, uh, double dry hopped. Yeah, that, that's the thing they, they put here is, you know, double dry hopping. Mm-hmm. I would add Galaxy to that. Yeah? yeah. Well, Perfect. as long as there's an allotment for homebrewers to get Galaxy and whatnot. Yeah. Could be could prove diff- certain hops may prove difficult. I haven't you know I haven't bought homebrew in forever, and I don't know if there's Galaxy readily available. But Why wouldn't there be? I. It's not like because people are crazy. Like Motueka or something. It's not like it's a <laughs> hard thing to source. Yeah. Uh, there is a website right in front of me. Let's see. I'm gonna have Purple Train stuck in my head now. Purple Train, Purple. Did you notice train. that there is purple there's lyrics train. on the back? No, I did. Oh, they're awful. Oh. <laughs> they don't fit the uh, the melody. The melody, no, not at all. Never meant to cause you thirst. <laughs> Never meant to cause you anguish. I only want to see you embodying. Yeah, that's where it loses. It. <laughs> I just want to see you holding purple train, purple train, purple train. Please enjoy responsibly. Mm-hmm. That's why this beer is three point five percent. It fits for actually for the first few lines. No, give them a cookie. Uh, they they have pellets of galaxy. They don't have whole yeah, cone. Yeah, at Northern Brewer. That's that's fine. You can dry out. I've never made an IPA that I've really been that happy with. So that's the thing. You know, I'm kind of gun shy of trying to go for like an awesome saturated IPA. If we just get a recipe and follow it and see what happens. I mean, the, the thing is that IPAs, and especially it seems like Northeast IPAs, it seems like you could hide stuff in them. Yeah, yeah. I just 
We could certainly get one of these recipes, yeah. get the haze craze, and go from there. We need to try. Um, I wanted to talk about the sandwich alignment chart. Did Jess Nick where he falls? Yes, I did. But we should mention what it is to people who are listening. The sandwich alignment chart is like, you know, uh, the, the D&D alignment charts of old where it's uh, chaotic, uh, neutral. Lawful, lawful, chaotic, and neutral. And, neutral. and then, and then good, ne- good, neutral, and evil. Yeah. But this is, what, what do you regard as a sandwich? And so the vertical ones are ingredient purist, must have classic sandwich toppings, meat, cheese, lettuce, condiments, etc. Ingredient neutral can contain a broader scope of savory ingredients, or ingredient rebel can contain literally any food product sandwiched together. And then on the uh, horizontal lines, structure purist, sandwich must have classic sandwich shape, two pieces of bread, baked product with toppings in between. Structure neutral, the container must be on either side of toppings, but not necessarily two separate pieces. Or a structure rebel can contain any food enveloped in any way by containing food. So those are the things, mm-hmm. and then the so traditional hardcore traditionalist and ingre- a ingredient purist and structure purist or BLT that is a perfectly acceptable version of a sandwich. Uh, on the other end, the radical sandwich anarchy is a pop tart. In the middle, true neutral is a hot dog, and there are various things around there. Like on the the uh, structural purist ingredient rebel is an ice cream between waffles as a sandwich, etc. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the basic path, and the question is. Where do you fit? Where do you fall on the line? I'll go first. I fall somewhere between true neutral and radical sandwich anarchy. Because part of the reason is I don't think sandwich is a really good definition. So I don't feel like I'm beholden to anything other than it's pieces of some sort of uh, bread type stuff with stuff in between. So to me, I can see calling a Pop-Tart a sandwich. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't like go for it all the time but like it doesn't offend my sensibilities but a hot dog is definitely a sandwich in my mind jeff i so you know my my thing is probably informed around like the things that i don't want to describe this i don't think there's anything wrong with hot dogs or burritos no it's, it, it's just whether you consider them right. sandwiches or not. Right. It's not not yes. that the food is bad. Yes. It's about where I, you draw right, the line right. on so calling I, something a sandwich. Right. So I do not. I consider a sandwich to be two pieces of bread. So a hot dog bun, a kabasi. I don't consider those sandwiches. I I also don't call. I don't wouldn't consider a hamburger a sandwich, which is. Exactly. Let I mean, me figure consider out. Consider a hamburger. I mean, that, that would be a, a you'd That's, be a structure and ingredient purist then. Yeah. Uh, well, for ingredients, see, so for ingredients, I give it more leeway. So ingredient. I neutral. wouldn't go into. Well, that would mean a hamburger would be a sandwich. It's two pieces of bread stuff mm-hmm. in the middle. I mean, if if you say that ingredients are giving it more leeway, then uh, well, so right. But let me let me let me let me flush this out. Okay. Okay. A burger is a burger. A sandwich yes. is a sandwich. A hot dog is a hot dog. No one's no and, one's denying that. The, the question is, are you right. and so for are me, you offended by somebody calling that a sandwich or you know does it no, offend your sensibilities? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for offend your sensibilities. Would you choose to classify it as a sandwich? And I would choose oh, okay. not to classify a burger as a sandwich. My sandwiches would be 
two pieces of bread. Now, ingredients don't have to be lunch meats and lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. I mean, like, I'd be fine with other ingredients. Things that normally aren't on sandwiches. Lemon slices, capers, you know. I I don't... I don't think I'd go as far as Fritos and candy and stuff like that <laughs> on a sandwich. What about an ice cream sandwich? Is that a sandwich? It's a dessert. Is it a sandwich or is it just a sandwich in name? It's a sandwiched dessert. It, but it's not what I choose to call a sandwich. Okay. And, and, yeah, okay. Just clarify. So when you go to the ice cream truck, do you say, I want the ice cream? No. No, we're talking about what I choose to consider a sandwich. <laughs> right. No. And for me, a sandwich But you said I'm not calling a, it a sandwich. A sandwich is a certain. I, I just have this thing of things I consider sandwiches. I until I'm trying to figure out why, but see, to me, until a culinary like a, 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 the culinary society of the world decides what to call a sandwich, it's like a planet. It's you know, it's it's a it's a nebulous <laughs> definition until there's an actual. I'm not definition. trying to force my definition on anybody. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting you are. I'm, I'm explaining my. Mm-hmm. My feeling about it, which is a sandwich, is such a open word to me that, like, my favorite sandwich, if you, if I were to really think about it, is probably an excellent taco. Like, that's a terrific sandwich in my mind. Um, but would I call sushi a sandwich? It's greens and there's stuff in the middle. Sometimes it's like a roll, right? So is that a sandwich? No, I, I wouldn't call that a sandwich. Um, but a, a sub to me is definitely a sandwich. A hot dog to me feels like a sandwich. It's bread around something. I can see where Pop Tarts are going. I probably wouldn't really consider it a sandwich, but if someone said, it's a sandwich, I'd be like, eh, okay. And I'll give you that. Because it is, it's a jelly sandwich. It's just, right? Just jelly in the middle of big pieces of bread. But then a calzone's a sandwich. Yeah. I. I'd say a wedgie's more of a sandwich than a calzone. But a Pop-Tart is a calzone, other than it's pizza dough versus pastry dough. Right, and then but you, it's baked. You, you get, it's, it, it's sealed and baked. Yeah, you get, So a pierogi's a sandwich. A pie is a sandwich. Right? I mean, you get into yeah. that, that yeah, territory. A pierogi's a sandwich. Yeah. A ravioli's a sandwich. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's like... I think that handheld is a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so... A pie can't be considered a sandwich because you can't you can't really hold it in your hand. Uh, a meat pie, I guess you could. I would, you know, maybe breaking from the rules I'm tr- laying out right now is I would more likely consider a quesadilla a sandwich than most sure other things. Yeah, I can see that. What about burrito? Consider it a burrito. I don't would not consider it. A sandwich, unless, like where my natural inclination is, right? Mm-hmm. Not a sandwich. Nick, your thoughts? I've been evaluating the chart. Been considering my options. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. We're doing NPR. <laughs> yes. How we doing? We doing good? No. That sounded like... Uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. That was, Mark, that was that was that was Daniel Van Kirk doing Mark Wahlberg. 
my interpretation of okay. Daniel Van Kirk yeah. doing Mark Wahlberg, who I originally thought was Mark Wahlberg when I first heard it. It was it and, was that was funny that because Nick was like, you know, who I love I love Mark Wahlberg because he's so willing to make fun of himself on Douglas, and then he's like, it's Daniel Van Kirk, and I'm like, no, and then I fell in love with him more. Um, I've actually I think I, I fall actually pretty right around a true neutral, like right there in the middle because. Mm-hmm. The sandwich is very arbitrary of a term. It's a very Western term. Yeah. So, I mean, I was originally going for structure rebel, ingredient neutral Mm -hmm. is where I was falling in between that. And I still want to say I fall there, but I don't know. My Western side wants to say true neutral because it's a sub is still a, a, is a sandwich to me. Absolutely. Um, a burrito, I would have always called a burrito before a sandwich, but now my, well, if you're not just thinking in the Western world as capitalism, that's like the Spanish, (laughs) right? That made no sense. I was drinking before I even came here. Uh, (laughs) that, that would just be like the, I mean, the burrito, I mean, it's just a, a Spanish version of a sandwich. Yeah. Like that's, that's all it really is. I mean, a chicken wrap. Is that a sandwich? My Western size says no, but my very liberal liberal side says yes. Who am I to judge? <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> if you got two pieces of bread handheld and you got stuff in between, as far as I'm concerned, until... So, for me, I think it's like the variety of stuff inside. I'm much more likely to consider a sub or a hoagie a sandwich than a hot dog or a kabasi. But you can have a, a lot of material. I was going to say you can have a hot dog with relish, mustard, ketchup. Turns into a bacon, a sub. chili, cheese. It turns into a chili, cheese, dog, I, bacon, I, relish. I'm not saying it makes sense. Sub a meatball sandwich. It has the word sandwich. I consider that a hoagie. <laughs> ice cream and a sandwich, hoagie is a sandwich. sandwich. But a hot dog for me is like an exception. It's outside. The, even a hot dog with everything on it is like it's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich for me. Well, I mean. It's it's a clarification, I suppose, but it doesn't. To me, it doesn't. It's excluded. It doesn't eliminate it. It doesn't exclude it. If you sliced it into thin pieces, maybe then. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Cool cuts. <laughs> right? No, it. no, I get it. I just. But meatball sandwiches is, is not adhering to that rule. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's. No, like if you took hot sausages and sliced them and put them on a headwitch down at Fatheads with a ton of other shit, then right. it's a sandwich. But a hot sausage in cylindrical form in a bun, I don't consider a sandwich as much. It's lesser sandwich. The interesting it's thing a minor is, sandwich. is that because it's the internet, there are people a conversation who about have, this. have fights about like legitimate, like get angry at each other and troll each other. Over that kind of stuff, because... <laughs> well, why not? Because the internet, that's why. Um, Jeff, uh, a show that you love and that I liked a lot has ended. A show that I love. Robot? No. Uh, midnight. Oh, at midnight, yeah. 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 It's a good, good way to get introduced to a lot of new comedians and, you know... I I've, I really watched the hell of it for the first year or so, then I kind of uh, fell off watching it because it just, just like like anything else, you know, it sort of lose interest after. It, it. was, I, I it never was really a, liked it. It was a good funny half hour thing to put on when you're, you're when you're not, you know, really paying attention to it, and 
the the last episode. It was cool how they you know got everyone on. <laughs> like it was not really, yeah. it wasn't the best episode though. No, yeah. but it, it was yeah. it was a nice sort of send off. Yeah, I'm send-off. not a big fan of Chris Hardwick. I think that's like one of my biggest reasons. For I never like Chris Hardwick. Him. I think he's a real genuine. I never got nice into guy. him. Really, everything I always saw from him, I always thought this guy is so into himself. Oh no, I've no. I've actually I've I've tweeted back and forth with him a couple of times. He's a, he's a real nice guy. I just maybe I've seen the wrong episodes because I always see like this. You're watching the wall. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did you look at on their Twitter like all the yeah. the for the wins? There's some pretty good ones. Here's one for you, Nick. Can you see in here? Uh, the there are 16 circles in this ledge. Dong. This is great for radio, I know, but it is a cool image because it, it, it's one of those illusion image things, yeah. not not a hidden picture image. Just, but when we get to the real show, just let me know and I'll give you my answer. <laughs> I'm trying to zone out and it's not working. No, uh, it's not. You have like the he has a big one up. For me, it's a lot yeah. easier to see in the big one. Yeah. Okay. If you do unfocus your eyes a little bit, I think it comes. It in might help, up. but I had to have I had to look at it, an image that where it was pointed out to me where it oh, was. Okay. When, when I was looking at the little thumbnail in Slack, I didn't see it. When I yeah. clicked on it and got the big one, I saw it right away. I didn't, but here I'll show you. No. Nope. He doesn't want to. spoil. Don't spoil it. Okay, spoil it. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Before oh, you get, uh, son of a bitch. I was going to say, tell him there's There only... it is. Now I see them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now cool? I see them all. all there right. are no rectangles. Now, in where there. are the rectangles? <laughs> there are no <laughs> rectangles. That, there's that vertical trust. circles yeah. in front of horizontal lines. This is great radio. Here's, an, <laughs> here's another one for you to look at. Uh, where, where, where did that go? Awesome. I love visual radio. It really brings out the. <laughs> it's almost as good as Mexican fans. radio. Here you go. Take a look at this. What? It's almost as, what, did, what does that mean? It's almost as good as Mexican radio. Okay, I'm taking another look at another picture that yes. you can't see. So those blue lines, what do you think about them? They're in the gray. Okay, the gray lines, what do you think about them? Horizontal or are they parallel or converging? They're converging. They are not. Well, the. The, bl- the blacks? No. no, they're parallel. The blue Take lines a ruler are and, and measure that you'd see. Do a, here, use, use this pencil. They're horizontal. Perfectly horizontal. So, actually, take the pencil away. Now close your eyes until you can barely see it, so it's like out of focus. Like, ah! so, so you can't see the decorators. Whoa! Dude, I wish it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those decorators on there, all the little detail, especially those little black and white di- diamonds. Yeah. Because you have a black square, and on one side you have this little black diamond square that points up, and one that points ends white. So it kind of gives the corner this little affectation yeah. up and down. And that's the, I think that, that my, my calculus on this is that's what causes the whole effect. Well, it's. Your your visual system is is primed to to think of shade as something is is on top of something and light as as you know light is coming from some angle. So it 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 
these basically trick your visual system. That's the whole point behind it. Well, it just also shows how easy it is to trick our brains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our brains are very are excellent at doing all these things, but if you understand how they work, then you can yeah, manipulate, you can manipulate them. Yeah. them I, I first saw this one in the morning on my phone before I had my contacts in, so I'm looking at it, and it's like messing with my eyes. But then I just pulled it up this far away where I couldn't focus on anything. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they are parallel. Yeah, that was nuts. Excuse me. Uh, do you like the world's first smart water cooler? Did, is did we talk about smart? That? No, I haven't seen the world's first smart water cooler. <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's just a water cooler that has that, a little that sense, dispenses water. It dispenses water has a little IR sensor in it. And they call that smart. Yeah, because it has a an IR switch instead of a physical switch. I think that's that's I think that's literally all it does. My university had one of those. It was a water fountain, and then as you would fill up your water, it would tell you how much how many bottles you saved. Oh, well, that's very nice way to, like, insinuate to you to bring your own bottle. Guilt to you for not forgetting your bottle next time. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, these these beers look pretty good. Yeah, well, let's... Nick uh, wants the drinky drinky. I do. Let's drinky drinky. You done, Gregory? Yeah. All right. <laughs>